Pop on in as we enjoy Isis's incredible drive-by interviews. Hey everyone, I'm finally back and I have the coolest costume designer in town with me. Her name is Mary Vogt. You know her work from all sorts of stuff. I mean, we're talking Hocus Pocus, Men in Black, Inspector Gadget, which is a tribute to my childhood. I watched it a hundred thousand times. And more recently, my other favorite movie, Crazy Rich Asians. So Mary, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. It's beautiful here in uh, sunny Los Feliz, California. Yeah, I was in Atlanta, so um, I'm happy to be back in LA. <laughs> so you've had a really long career. It actually goes past my entire lifetime. I'm sure. <laughs> How did you get started? Well, I kind of always did costumes, like growing up in a town where we were always putting on plays. And then when I went to high school, you were doing theater. And the theater now in schools is pretty sophisticated. And I always did the costumes mostly because I didn't want to act. I like working with people, you know, I like drawing and, and it just sort of appealed to me. So when I went to fashion school, I went to FIT in New York and I thought I'd get into fashion. And then when I started working in fashion, I didn't really like it because I thought, well, I don't know, why, how do you design something when there's no script? <laughs> <laughs> so I really missed having a story and having a framework. So I went back to school because I didn't know what else to do. So I went to the art center in um, California and studied illustration. And then I got a job right at an art center by another student, actually. So I started working and then I just, you know, worked as an assistant and then I finally became a designer and it just kept going from there. When you start out, was there any handmade work involved with the costume designing or was it all just pulling stuff together? Well, I started off as a sketch artist. Mm -hmm. So when you're a sketch artist, you end up doing movies that are made to order because you have to draw them. And then when I started on my own, it was kind of a mix of things. Like I've done like contemporary things and then period. One of the first big period films I did as an assistant designer was Dune, David Lynch's Dune, mm -hmm. where I worked as Bob Ringwood's assistant. And that was all made to order. And that was amazing. That was an amazing experience. But, you know, it's all the same. You know, it's different. The, the, um, the techniques are different, but you're still designing for actors. You're still working with the script. You're working with the director. You're creating a look for the film. So it's basically the same thing. But when you're creating clothes, it's, you know, it's a little more fun because it's something that you created. Like, you know, it was fun doing the Hocus Pocus outfits because mm -hmm. they were very different and people you know, eventually really liked them. Crazy Rich Asians was, I made the wedding dress and a few things, but most of it was put together. But that was still very creative. And we worked under a lot of restrictions, not restrictions, but parameters of the director, because the director had a very distinct vision, John Chu. He's wonderful, and he's wonderful to work with. So it's all, you know, when you're, you're creating a look, and you're either making it, or you're buying it, or somehow you're doing both. But, you know, you just sort of, Working with the actors, I mean, we're there to support the actor as a designer and make them feel good about their character. You know, that's the main thing is to work with it. Work, you're working with a lot of people. Yeah, on that note, you actually brought up the next question I have listed because I literally went through the email I sent you originally with the here's the guide of what I want. And then I went, collaboration is important because I remember going to the FITM talk with you and the two other members of the crew from Crazy Rich Asians. And I know that you worked really hard with them. But since I also have a background talking to makeup people, do you collaborate with them at all? Yes, the makeup and the hair because, you know, it's the head. So you have to really um, collaborate with the makeup and hair people. And, you know, a lot of times you don't always get along. Like sometimes they'll do a, a hairdo. You go like, what is that? And just wrecks the whole thing. And then other times it makes it so much better. 
And I'll give you an example on this movie I just did called Red Notice, mm -hmm. which is a big Netflix film coming out. And in it, we have an Egyptian wedding scene. And the dress I did was really kind of a formal princessy, super rich, because she was a super rich Egyptian billionaire's daughter. And she was getting married at the pyramids in Egypt. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was amazing. And I assumed she would have some big, you know, fancy, almost like 60s Audrey Hepburn type hairdo with this very formal dress that I had designed. And then when I saw her, her hair was long and out and kind of flowy, completely the opposite of what I had thought. And it was so much better. It was so much better. When I saw her, I just thought, oh my God, that's genius. That's absolutely brilliant. And I never in a million years would have thought, well, she should just wear her hair, wear this formal dress with the hair just down and flowing. But it worked really great because the dress was really too formal for the desert. <laughs> the hair really makes it so much better because if she had like the big sort of updo 60s Audrey Hepburn do that I thought she was going to have, it would look like insane. Like, what are you doing with this dress and this like hairdo in the middle of the sand in the desert? So that was a lucky break that we never communicated, but what she did was so much better. And I think that if we had communicated, I would probably have been against the long hair, but when I saw it together, it was brilliant. But things like that don't normally work out. You really have to plan things. And kind of with me, the mistakes do tend to work out, but I'm not quite sure why that is. But we did Hocus Pocus the first time I saw Catherine and Jimmy's hair, when she had that sort of like weird little ponytail up in the air. Mm -hmm. I thought, what the hell is this? That's the craziest hair I've ever seen. Eventually, it really grew on me. But at first, my first reaction was I didn't like it. And I was wrong because it was a really great character statement. And it was very different from the other girls. You, know, you have to stay kind of loose. And if you don't like something, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means that maybe you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's all about the collaboration. So you never know how it's going right. to go until it happens. Right. And, you know, when a collaboration is working, normally you don't agree. The best collaborations that I've had, like, you don't agree with people and you think, like, their ideas are really dumb, but you have to incorporate them because you're kind of stuck with them. And then it turns out it's a much better idea. So I know when Bob Greenwood and I were designing Batman Returns and we were doing the Catwoman costume and we did this black, shiny, silky, you know, super sexy outfit. And then the director, Tim Burton, said, oh, I want stitches all over. And we were like, that's the craziest thing we've ever heard. But we just kept our mouths shut. We go, oh, okay. And then Bob and I talked later and said, well, maybe we'll um, just forget we heard that. And then the next time we saw him, we said, well, oh, that, yeah, where, where are they? Where are the stitches? So we had to do it. And it turned out, even though we didn't like it, either one of us, after it was made, we thought, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. This is such a great idea. And we would have never thought of that. And he would have never thought of what we did. Because he actually wanted, like, sort of a ratty costume, maybe not fitting too great, you know, that had stitches. Kind of like a, a toy that was falling apart, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting idea. So he would have never done what we did, and we would have never did what he did. Neither one of us really agreed on anything. But the product was great. That's kind of how I've experienced things working. Other people will say different things. And, you know, and nine times out of ten, when you incorporate an idea that you originally don't like, it comes out better. Since you brought that up, I got to ask, what was it like working on Men in Black, like the whole trilogy? Because that's a lot of people. That's a lot of costumes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the first time, I know the first time that I talked with Barry Sonnenfeld, the director, who's fantastic and hilarious, he had a serious, serious passion for the French Connection. I mean, it was excessive. And he wanted the movie to look like the French Connection. And he wanted the boy suits to be kind of like 
ill-fitting and old and kind of ratty. And I thought, okay. So at first, I did sort of like a sharper suit because I saw the sets and the sets were not ratty. They were like really super slick. So I thought these guys are going to look really inappropriate in like ratty suits and these like super fancy slick sets. So I made like super, you know, slick suits. And then I and I showed them to Barry and I said, well, what do you think of this? They said, oh, they look like they're going to their bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I thought, okay. Is that bad or is that good? <laughs> I don't know. Is that bad or good? He goes, well, I guess it's good. So we sort of left it. Designing clothes, you have to look at the setting they're going to be in. And it has to look like they're all in the same movie. You know, it's got to look planned. So I worked very closely with the production designer and the set decorator. And if you don't work closely with them, there's always a problem. Yeah, even on this last movie with the same bride, we had a, an issue, not an issue that we couldn't solve, but the director was concerned about this throne chair she was going to be sitting in that I was making the dress too big, that she wouldn't be able to get out of the chair. So I had the set department bring the throne to the fitting room, which they did, which was great, because a lot of people would say, you know, forget it, we're not dragging this heavy throne down to your office. And she sat in the throne, and it turned out it was like a peacock throne. And the peacock came directly out of her head. It looked insane. It looked ins I mean, she had no problem getting out of the chair, but this peacock motif, I mean, it was, it was actually pretty hilarious, but it's not really that kind of a movie. I mean, we couldn't have planned that. It was just, and she had like a little small crown, which worked in with the peacock perfectly. So it looked exactly like this peacock was coming out of her head. So I sent it. And I was in no position to tell the set decorator to change the throne. So I sent the picture to the director and I said, do you have a problem with this? Anything in this picture bother you? <laughs> because you mean the peacock coming out of her head? I go, yeah. I said, maybe we should change the chair. And he goes, yeah. And you tell the set decorator. I go, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. I'll tell her. So I um, I just sent the picture to the set decorator. And I said, what do you think of this? She goes, oh my God. The peacock's coming out of the top of her head. So um, she, I didn't have to say anything. She she just changed it. But if, if I hadn't, and that's the first time I ever dragged a piece of furniture into a fitting room. And if I hadn't done that, we would have had, the, it would have wrecked the whole seat because it would have been hilarious to have this like bird coming out of this girl's head but yeah you do have to coordinate constantly with people because it all works together yeah actually on that note what's the difference for you between working on a project like hairspray live or versus like a tv show or a film well hairspray live was live yeah so i was totally paranoid that the dancers were going to split their clothes and they'd be standing there in their underwear and I just thought, oh, my God. So everything was made with stretch. Everything was sewn five times. And it was, like, super strong. And because I had never done it before, I made it stronger than it needed to. Because I know if I did it again, I wouldn't make them so strong. But because I was, I kept having these visions of people standing on stage on film forever, you know, in their underwear. <laughs> so so I, I overmade the clothes. But I think it was good. And we never had a problem. But that, the live aspect is very different. Dancers' clothes are like stunt clothes. You have to make them so they don't rip. And they have to be made with gussets and with certain fabrics. And on Men in Black, we had different suits for different stunts. Yeah, so it is like stunts and dancing are, to me, the same thing. Oh, I totally understand that. I have a little bit of a background in dance just because I enjoy doing it myself, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. Flamenco skirts and high heels, despite the fact that you need the dancer's heels to perform in. Not the best combination if you're a klutz like me. I ripped many a skirt that way. 
Right. Yes. And um, like in, in the last film that I did had Gal Gadot and it had a big dancing sequence. So we had several pairs of shoes at different high heels. You mm -hmm. know, the highest heels were for like a beauty shot and lower heels were for like dancing. So you have to take all that into consideration. On that note, because you're talking about, you know, costuming and dancing, would you ever design for a Broadway show? That would be really great. I think that would be really, really great to do. It would be really fun to do. I don't know. It would be fun. It would be incredible. And there are designers that do, like Anne Roth, who is like a really big designer. She does theater and um, film. And more. it's more common on the East Coast with East Coast designers. There's Broadway. Yes. You know, we're... We're kind of far from Broadway. But now you could, it's possible I could design a show from here and have an assistant in New York do all the fittings. I mean, the, you know, it is possible to do that. Because mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of like the iconic changes that were made between the movie Beetlejuice and the Broadway show, which I, it's the last show I actually saw in New York before COVID and everything and blew my mind how good everything was and how different it was from the movie itself. Interesting. I'm I bet that was great. Yeah, it would be really, it's it's super creative. And I'm, I did a few plays, like smaller plays with mm -hmm. like Pasadena Playhouse. And it's very exciting to go to the rehearsals and, and to see it live. It's a completely different experience. And the actors are fantastic. The theater actors are amazing. Oh, yes. They're so easy to work with. They're very different from, from film actors. Unless you have a film actor who's theater trained, then they're the same. Yeah, with my family background, like my dad used to do music for a living, so he's done a ton of like moving TV scores. I was always a little bit around that, so I sort of had that experience. I've, like some of the people you've worked with on movies, I actually met when I was a kid. Oh, really? Like Brie Larson, actually. I knew her when we were in junior high. We went to different schools in the same valley, but one of my friends at the time was stage managing, I think think it was meet me in st louis and she was in the show so i got to go to the rap party so this was like the era of motocross on disney channel compared to where she is now but you look back and go oh wow those little things really do add up yeah no she was amazing and when we were doing kong skull island when we first started she had done room but she wasn't really known and she wasn't famous or anything and by the end of the movie, she had won an Oscar. So it was it was really fascinating. And she's pretty much stayed the same. She's a lovely person. She pretty much, her personality didn't change, you know, with her success. You know, the clothes got better and the hair got better and the look got better. But she was pretty much the same person. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And then I have to cross back over to Crazy Rich Asians. Like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. It is my comfort movie. I watch it whenever oh. I'm in a bad mood. It's got great music. It really does. I, I bought the score and the soundtrack. It's that good. Oh, it is that good. Yes, I love the music, too. <laughs> Do you have any particular favorite memories of working on that? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. There's one that I remember we were in. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and we were doing the wedding scene. And we were in this, I think it was a church. And they had this aisle that the bride was supposed to walk down. And they had like a pan in the aisle where the water went, mm -hmm. with like lake. And I'm watching her walk down the aisle when we're shooting the scene. And the water keeps getting higher and higher and higher. It was only supposed to be like an inch and a half or two inches. And it gets high. It's like seven inches. And there's waves in the water. I thought, oh, my God, how in the world are those girls walking? And it's hard to walk in water, particularly on a slippery plastic tray. And Sonoya, who played the bride, was a ballerina. So she's super graceful. She had great balance. And then all the bridesmaids were ex-beauty queens, like Miss Malaysia, Miss Singapore. Mm -hmm. and, they, and one thing about people who have like beauty pageant training, they can walk in anything. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. They can walk in anything. And so between the pageant girls and the ballerina, 
It's like there's no way they were going to fall down. And plus, when the dress gets wet, it gets really heavy. And Sonoya's dress was super heavy because all the weight was in the back because we had the opening in the front. So I'm watching this scene at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm thinking, well, it's 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 ruined. They're going to fall down. They're going to walk. They're going to get halfway down the aisle and they're going to fall down. And the bride will fall first and then she'll knock the bridesmaids down like a bunch of bowling pins. And I'm just waiting for that to happen and thinking, well, what am I going to do? Well, I don't know. We'll just pick them up and maybe they'll fix the... Uh, the drain because the drain got clogged up that's why the um, mm-hmm. but luckily it worked perfect when you see the movie you only see one tiny long shot because when they were walking through the water they were like trudging it was like they were like really working and they look like what are they doing they're like you know trudging through this water which was not very elegant looking so uh, uh, most of it is shot in like medium shot or close-ups mm-hmm. and then luckily you only need a few shots to make it work but there is one shot where you can see the water has waves in it. <laughs> oh, I even know what you're talking about. I remember that scene. Yeah. That spot in the scene. It was, it was hilarious. But not at the time. But now looking back, it was really funny. One of my favorite things was Aquafina. She was just so much fun that we would like call her in for costume fittings just to cheer up the costume department. Because she would like, you know, when they would be uh, overworked or depressed. And I'd say, look, let's bring in Aquafina to do a fitting. And that'll cheer everybody up. So we did that. And she was always great because she would come in and do it. Because she was such a sunshine, happy, super happy person. And uh, because normally you don't want to keep calling actors in for fittings. It's usually fittings are a nightmare. But with her, it was like you couldn't get enough of her. She was so much fun. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so great to see her all her success after the film came out. Because she, and she, she's just, she's a star. She's just such a star. And, uh, and we, we all loved her. Everybody did. Yeah, I love her, of course, in Crazy Rotations, but also in Ocean's 8. She was so good in that, too. Yeah, she did a little thing on Saturday Night Live where she plays like a, mu- a street musician. Oh, you should look it up. It's hilarious. I think I saw the problem is so much other stuff has happened since then that I don't remember. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. She does this, like, her little group does, like, a street dance to, um, like, the Price is Right music. <laughs> or, and it's absolutely, it's so funny. She can make anything work. You know, everything she does is great because she's, she's so unique and she just breezes through it. But they were all great, you know. Michelle Yeoh was great. Gemma Chan was um, with her. We had the yeah. She was always great, and she's a, she may be a stage actress. I'm not sure, but she always cared about the character. And I had gotten this dress from Paris. This couture house lent us this fabulous dress, gorgeous, fabulous, super super expensive dress. You know, for her, mm-hmm. for this woman. And so I was so excited. It was absolutely gorgeous. And I bring it in. She was coming in for a fitting. And I showed it to her. And I said, what do you think of this fabulous dress from Paris? She's like, yeah, it's nice. But I want to look really simple in that scene because that's the scene where I find out my husband's having an affair. And I, I don't want to have a fancy dress on. I want to have something more simple. And I was like, really? Simple. But the pink dress Janet wearing was is iconic in that scene. Yes. And it was perfect. And it was, once again, a good example of me hearing an idea and going, I don't like that idea. And then it being a great idea. So it worked out so much better for the scene. And the whole thing worked out better. And so she was absolutely right to have something simple and plain on, as opposed to like a fancy dress with all these handmade butterflies from Paris. Because it was, you know, the movie, it was a fashion movie, but it was really more about the characters. 
I think it would have been, if it was one pretty dress after another, it would have been like, yeah, okay, fine. But the characters were interesting and they were all different. And the actors really contributed a lot to that because they care about their characters. And Gemma certainly did. And, and she could have looked over the top in every scene. You know, I might have been tempted to make her over the top, but she really was like, no, no, no. She kind of reined it in, which is great. So you have to be, you know, open to other people's ideas. And sometimes it's like really hard to be open to other people's ideas. You know, it sounds easy and people say it all the time, but it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. But the thing I like about the collaboration is that the end product is usually much different than I would have done on my own. Also about Crazy Rich Asians, I love, of course, the dress in the scene where she finally gets to meet Nick's family, she being Rachel. Oh, right. What was I, the, the process for finding scene? that one? The dumpling scene? Uh, no, 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 not the dumpling scene. The one where she meets the family at the big party. Oh, the, the Cleopatra dress. <laughs> It is like a Cleopatra dress. You're absolutely right. Um, that's a Missoni dress. And I tried a bunch of things on. And, you know, Constance is a little tricky because compared to all the other characters, she's very subtle. Mm -hmm. And she can't really pull off a big fabulous. She's not like Gemma who can wear super elegant. And she's different. When she was playing more of an, you know, every girl type. Yeah. And so I thought, well, is this dress going to be too much for her? Is she going to be able to pull it off? And it was simple enough that it was fine, that it worked out. It was very elegant. And it was supposed to be Picklin's dress anyway. And it was like, you know, on the tame side for Picklin. But I think it, it didn't overpower her. That's what you don't want when you're doing something for an actor. You don't want to overpower them and have people just notice the dress or, or whatever they're wearing. Yeah. The actor has to come above whatever they're wearing. Yeah. It's just one of those dresses that... I think about it and I go, I wish I had the body type that I could wear that because it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's very simple. It's very pretty and very elegant. And it was nice. It had like vertical lines in it. So it made, it made Constance look really tall. <laughs> As a fellow short person, I appreciate that kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so it worked, it worked out really good. Okay, and then I'm ready to move on if you're ready to move on. Sure. What kind of projects do you have upcoming that you can talk about? Well, I think I talked a little bit about... Um, Red Notice, which is, is a really, really super fun movie that we actually started during the pandemic. And then we went down and then we came back to Atlanta in August and finished in November. So, and it's a big adventure, heist, comedy. It's really funny. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. And he's super sharp. So he would write a lot of his own dialogue. And Dwayne Johnson, he got along great. And then Gal was, it was just a perfect combination of actors. So it was, it was really fun. And Ross and Marshall Thurber was the director and he was really great. Now I communicated more with Ross than I think I ever have with any director because he was the writer. It was really his project, mm -hmm. you know, from top to bottom. So he cared very much about every character and every scene and every movie and everything, every pair of socks, everything. So I ended up like texting him all the time, but he was great. It was impossible to give him too much information. And then he would always get back to me immediately. So that, that was good. And that the last thing, I guess the thing I did before that was the old guard with Charlize Theron. Do you have any goals that you have yet to accomplish that are high on your list? I, I can't really think of anything because I don't really think about things in the future. Mm -hmm. I sort of think about things more in the present. I'm getting more, like, I'll turn things down, which I didn't used to do. But there's just so much being made now. So, I don't know, maybe this new plan of mine of having more control of what I do is not going to work out. You know, things have just changed so much. It's much easier to work now, and you can work more remotely now. 
you know, there's great stuff being made now, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that you wouldn't watch. So you want to try to work on the stuff that's going to be great. Yeah. Like this, Pushing this, Daisies, since I have like to call Pushing that one out Daisies. because I love that show. Pushing Daisies was great. And I got involved with that because of Barry Sonnenfeld. Mm-hmm. And that was, and all the actors were wonderful. That was really, really super fun. And that you had to work very closely with the production designer because it was supposed to look kind of like a storybook where everything yeah. blended together. So that, but we mm-hmm. did that as a pilot. And I just did the pilot. I didn't do the series. And I don't know how they did the series because doing the pilot was like really hard enough because it was really difficult to do all these you know crazy clothes that had to work with the sets. Yeah. So it was like doing a little mini feature every 10 days. I thought, oh my God. And they only did like a couple of seasons of it. Yeah. Because I think it's just too hard of a show to do. Yeah, no, I, I actually know um, the head of the makeup team for all that. But he also had a background doing Buffy before that. So he was used to Buffy the Weekend Slayer. So I think that helped on his end. And yeah, I, I know you only did the pilot, but I mean, that helped, you know, that helps cement the look. So yeah. without you, it would be yeah. different. No, definitely. And, and it was great. It was a great experience. But that's really difficult and like you know there are a lot of shows like that that i don't know how they do them like um american horror story Mm -hmm. i don't know how they do that show there's just so much work that goes into it that it's just amazing that they're able to turn out that much work that's very high quality work oh yes it's also just fun to watch and just super super fun to watch i do have one final question for you what advice would you give to anyone who wants to be a costume designer Well, this is weird advice. I would say take a class in psychology or psychiatry. You know, classes that people would take to become therapists because it's not something you're trained. You know, it's good to go to design school and all that. But most of the people I know who dropped out of costume design who were like brilliantly talented dropped out because they could not deal with the actors, the producers, the director, the personalities. They were just like... This isn't, I can't do this. But I think if you had some kind of, you know, knowledge of dealing with other people and, you know, how other people's mind work, how to communicate, there's a really good book that was put out by Zahra Publications called Getting to Yes. And it's all about negotiating and how to tell someone your idea without taking away their idea. You know what I mean? It's like not making them feel bad. I think you really need to study collaboration almost as a separate subject. Because it doesn't come easy. And so I think like studying, even if you could take an online course or get a couple books or do studying with people, maybe you could do like a one-to-one study with a psychologist because it's not personal. I mean, I learned through the years, but it would have been much better if I had this information when I started. Mm -hmm. You know, learning by experience is not necessarily like the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) If there's, you know. If there's some way you can have a little bit of information ahead of time about how to deal with difficult personalities or just any personalities or how to get your ideas across, how to negotiate, because a lot of it is negotiation. And that's not something brought up in design school. So I would suggest that. You learn design, color. Color is super important. I think color is more important than anything. Color, shape. But it's a collaborating business and you have to be able to get along with people and sell your ideas, like negotiate. That's such a brilliant answer. <laughs> then when you want to see people get ahead, and particularly now when it's a great field to get into because there's so much work. Yes. Seriously, though, that, that's such a great answer. I didn't even think about that side of it with all the collaboration, even though I knew about the fact that you have to collaborate. So thank you so much, Mary. This has been absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. You too. Thanks for riding along. I'll see you next time on ISIS's incredible drive-by interviews.